Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joseph Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner, a CFP or certified professional. And Alan Klopine, who's sitting next to me, he's a CPA, certified public accountant, just in case you didn't know what those uh, yes, you acronyms clarify. are. Clarify. Clarify. Yeah. Right. yeah. What the hell is a CFP? That's what people are thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. You got a disease? Ugh. When I talk to sometimes when I talk to young people, they they have no idea what a CPA is. So no I, way. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What yeah. you so you're talking to astrophysicists, and then you're talking to young people that don't know what a CPA is. I, you whole, are just a well diverse human the whole, being. The my whole friend. spectrum. <laughs> you're just out there shaking hands. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I went down to Mexico to an orphanage. Okay, well, those and, orphans in they, Mexico they didn't probably know, didn't know what a CPA what it, is. Right. What a CPA was. Got it. Got First, it. I can't really speak Spanish that well, although I am learning Spanish right now. You are? Yeah. Hooked on phonics. Uh, or, so, no, something like that. What's it's, it called? It's, uh, yeah, this this one is Paul Noble. He's got a three-book series on, on Spanish. Hmm. So I can say, uh, let's see, what would I say? Okay. Um, okay. I can say, ah, preparado el café. Sounds good. <laughs> I prepare the coffee. Oh, <laughs> this show just turned... <laughs> Hey, you know, we we're talking about retirement accounts before we got into your coffee. Um, yeah, so if you want some coffee, <laughs> I will preparado it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, preparado low. Preparado low. Okay. Um, so okay. We're, look, we're, we're talking about retirement accounts, right? Are we? And so more and more companies, because of the Pension Protection Act of 2006, Clopine, yeah. which I'm sure you've memorized, Yes. They had something in there uh, that created or it, uh, what is called a target date fund. Yes. So they're 10 years old. You've heard of a target date fund. Mm-hmm. All right. So target date fund, and I think more and more of our listeners probably are familiar with it. Yeah. And so there was a recent study that was done, and they were like, okay, well, here, these are 10 years old. There's a lot more people putting money into them. Are they using them correctly? And unfortunately, most of you are not using these target date funds correctly. Okay. And so, I see it every day. All right. So tell us how to do it correctly. Okay. Well, first of all, a target date fund has its own allocation. Yeah. It has a glide path is what it's called. A glide path. Yes. Okay. And so what it means is this, is that, all right, well, let's say I put in money in my 401k plan and my target date of retirement is, I don't know, 2040. Okay. Okay. So my allocation is probably going to be comprised mostly, mostly with equities, yeah, stocks. Because you're, what, 20, 24 years away from right. retiring. A few yeah. years away, right? <laughs> I'm not retiring in five years where right. then you're... So you can take, you, yeah, as unlike if you were going to retire in three years, you might have a, a, a more conservative allocation. Sure, if I have a 2020 fund. Yeah. Okay, so there's freedom funds of through Fidelity. Right. Um, every 401k, I wouldn't say every, a, a lot of 401ks now have these target date yeah, funds. Yeah, I think a lot do nowadays. Yeah. And so you look at that and you say, well, when am I going to retire? All right, well, I'm going to retire around this date. And then you can kind of select. And then so 
it it creates an asset allocation for that individual. Sure. And so in my case, or I'm retiring in 25 years, and so it's like, okay, well, since you're retiring in 25 years, you're probably going to have more stocks and bonds. And then as I age, right. what happens as I get closer to that target date, then there's more bonds that get um, filled up in the overall portfolio and less equities to keep it more conservative because then when I retire, right, my money's there. I'm preserving capital. I'm not in growth mode. I'm more in income mode and so on and so forth. Sure. Makes sense, right? Good concept. It does. Yeah. I like them a lot um, for some individuals. If you use them correctly. Okay. This is what people do, Alan. Okay. Is that they'll say, all right, well, I'm going to retire in 2030. Okay. So then they have a 2030 fund. All right. And then they're like, well, you know what? I think I want a little bit more juice. So they put 20% in the 2030 fund. And then they put 20% in the 2025 fund. Okay. And then they put another 15% in the 2015 fund. Yeah. Don't do that. And then they have other mutual funds alongside their lifestyle funds or target date funds. Now, the 2015 fund might be kaput. 2016, 2017, <laughs> whatever. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> This is this was actually recorded in 2014. <laughs> but but you, if you're going to use a target date fund, 100% of your assets should be in that fund. Right. 100% of your assets. If you're using a target date fund, put 100% of your assets in that fund. Okay. Should right. I repeat myself one I, more time? Okay, so now we know how to do it correctly. But people but. will not still do that because what do they think, Alan? It's like, okay, well, here, I got 100% of my assets in this target date fund. They feel that they're what? Maybe, oh, I'm not diversified. Right. Yeah, I got to diversify. I right? got to diversify. I need more funds right. because more funds means more diversification. No, not in this. What, what, what it's doing is mucking up the asset allocation that the target date fund is already providing for you. Yes. Well, I know earlier on, Joe, that a lot of the target allocation funds were fairly expensive. They had high internal fees. It seems like nowadays there many of them have lower expense rates. Very, ratios. very cheap. Yeah, they're they're not so bad. Right. Oh, fact, it depends on what company and everything yeah. else. And then you gotta look under the hood with these target course, date funds. Of course. But the problem is is that they're not using them as they should because the asset allocation is already there within the fund. The fund is doing it for that individual. Yeah. And then once you start adding other funds to the target date funds, it's gonna screw things up and you're going to lose rate of return because you're either adding more risk or, or the, the, the portfolio itself is already allocated appropriately. You're just kind of messing things up here a little bit. Right. And of course, there is a problem, though, as you know, Joe, and that is uh, sometimes a traditional uh, asset allocation wouldn't make sense for you because of your own circumstance. Correct. Right? And that's the problem with these funds is you're kind of locked in with everyone else. For example... Maybe you're you're going to retire in 2020. You've got a lot saved, and the thing is, you have more money than you actually need. So you want to take more risk because it's for the kids, and the kids aren't going to get it for 30 years. Right, and I think, and I don't, and the the studies show this too is that people that have lower account balances use these funds the most. Sure, uh, people with higher account balances don't necessarily use them, even though some of them should. Right. Um, because there's there's a higher level of confidence in those individuals that they think that they can do it better themselves, which is right. which is great. Well, maybe they can, maybe they can't. Sure. But they still have part of their money in the target date fund. Right. Well, it's all or nothing with these things, folks. Okay, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. It's all or nothing. Well, I'm very relieved because Anne's um, uh, 401k at, at Ben Bridge Jewelers. We did it all in one fund. See? See, did it right. All right. Very and, good. And the reason that we did, actually, I would prefer to pick my own funds, but every other choice had such high expense ratios. I said, screw it. I'm just going with well, the target Well, there's two fund. expenses. You know this, Alan. 
Yes. Two expenses in, in, in any investment. The true cost, the expense ratios. Yes. And then the other cost is the risk, the performance. Right? Yes. So if well, I blow myself up. There's the third one, which is turnover. Oh, my God. No, that's still the cost. Well, it's it's not the it's more than the internal expense ratio. Well, it's, a, it's it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a component. It's a direct you're cost to you're run the me. fund, <laughs> which is minimal, which is minimal compared to the behavior that people have. Oh, I totally agree with that. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you, you might have a 0.01% expense ratio. I might have a 2% expense ratio, but yeah. I still could have better performance than you because I I'm going to um, stay with my strategy where right. you might get I'm gonna get out of the market. in and out of, in like and out of the market. You right. got it, yeah. right? You, so you that's bet. a bigger problem, I think. And I we agree. had Dr. Crosby on last week just yeah. talking about the behavioral issues of us in our money and investing and everything else. You know, and the annual Dalbar study shows us that every single year, and they go back 20 years and they go back 30 years and they look at what did the market return and what did the average investor actually make in their portfolios, and it's staggering. It's anywhere between 4% and 8 or 9% less that the actual advisor makes. I mean, it's significant. You're losing anywhere from 50 to 70% of the overall market return based on your behavior. Got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Welcome welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I was a financial planner. I guess we had a good laugh at the break. <laughs> Sometimes we just start talking, and because we, we're reading something, we realize I don't want to read this, but I've already committed. I've committed. I'm already in. I'm, I'm live on the radio, and here we go. I can't change it now. <laughs> so that's what happened last segment. Anyway, so if you want to listen to it on the podcast, figure out what we're talking about. Oh, man, our crack marketing team is wonderful. <laughs> so let's, um, anyway, <laughs> got a million bucks, huh? <laughs> or, or if you want to. If you want to. <laughs> it's going to be a good thing. <laughs> oh, God, awful. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, mo- <laughs> mo- moving on. I got some email questions. Oh, you do? Okay. Yes, I do. How we, we usually have fun with those. Yeah, we got a bunch here. Um, Investopedia, I got a full disclosure here. Investopedia uh, gives me these, and so they're um, we read them on the air. What the heck? We you know? just we answer them. Just kind of we haven't even read them. We just off the top of our head. Yes. No preparation, and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should read these before we do it. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, and uh, a lot of times they're not from our listeners, of course. True, you know, because our listeners they're very specific right. when it comes to the questions. These aren't always so. These specific. are not very specific at all, and so, so we, we probably just... have more questions than answers when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> we just start answering it, and then you, uh, I'll start answering it. Joe said, "I don't think that's the question." They asked. <laughs> I think he's thinking of something else. <laughs> but here we go. Here yeah. we go. All Get right. ready. All right. So this is. Um, from some someone in zip code six two seven one one, six two seven one one. Not sure where that is. That'll be probably uh, Midwest somewhere. Shh. I'm guessing. Okay. <laughs> um, should I withhold my taxes when purchasing a home? Huh. Interesting. Okay. Summary. I am cashing in a Roth IRA to purchase a home. Okay. The Roth amount is twenty four thousand five hundred. Can 10000 of that be used penalty-free? Also, 
Of the other 14,000, only 4,000 is earned income, while the other 10K is my contributions. Got it. Okay. okay. How much should I withhold for taxes to be paid to the IRS? Does the 1099 I receive bump my income up for the tax year? Well, see, there's so much information here that's wrong. First of all, don't cash out your Roth IRA to buy a house, all right? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Do not do that. <laughs> right. Go she, anywhere else. But she did already. But okay. Or maybe not. Maybe she's trying to figure out how much to withhold. All right. Or, or he. Or he. Okay. Doesn't say. And the Roth amount is 24500 So, all right. So if they're saying, okay, well, I'm going to pull 10000 out of that to be used penalty-free, well, the other 10000 of the other fourteen is earnings, I'm guessing most of this is contributions. Well, I'm yeah. So I'm just going to take it how I heard it, which may or may not be right. So t- she takes out twenty four thousand five hundred, and she said ten thousand was contributions. She said ten thousand of the fourteen. Right, but not I'm, of the twenty four five. I'm assuming it's only ten thousand. Okay. That's that's right. my assumption. That's fair. Could could be right. Could be wrong. So that means um, ten thousand is is non taxable because it's yeah FIFO tax treatment first in first out of right. a Roth IRA right. no matter what your age is and so there's 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 no um, taxes penalties no taxes penalties now the other ten thousand that you take out you can use for buying a, a home first time home buyer so that does work uh, at least for avoidance of the penalty right okay trying to think about that now with a Roth IRA you if still it's, pay taxes if it's if earnings if it's earnings and you're under fifty nine and a half you still pay taxes on that correct. Okay. So and, and uh, then the, here's a question for you, and I know you probably don't know the answer to this, and I don't either. Is that all right? So ten thousand dollars you can use for a first-time home purchase, right? Okay, but if the ten thousand dollars that I pull is it? How do they categorize it? Is it the first ten thousand that comes out of the account? Because the first ten thousand in this example would come out tax and penalty-free anyway, right? Then the other ten thousand. Then I could avoid the ten percent penalty, but I would still pay taxes. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. About I'm that. guessing Order, that's you know you o- take the first rule. ten. Yeah, now you take your FIFO out, your 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 contributions yeah. in, and then yeah. But here, here's what I think. Here's what I think is the uh, is ten ten thousand bucks. There's no penalty. There's no taxes because that's the contribution. Got that's it. what she says. Then there's another fourteen thousand five hundred. So ten thousand of that <clears throat> could be used for the first. For buying a, your first home, so you would avoid penalty, but she would still pay taxes on the earnings, assuming it's earnings, for Correct. example, right? So she would pay tax on ten thousand or fourteen thousand five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, and she and then Fully, she, but then she would have a penalty penalty on four thousand four thousand five hundred. Right. So the ten thousand dollars that she would use for the first time home buying avoids the penalty, but that's it. So I guess yeah. So whatever ever her tax rate, let's say her tax rate is twenty five percent, for example, and I'm just going to round it up to fifteen thousand dollars. So that'd be about, and I'm going to round the tax to about four grand. I'm just making a you know quick estimate. So that would be the the um, that would be the tax to pay on the fourteen thousand, and then there'd be a penalty on four thousand, another four hundred. So you know somewhere a little under five grand in taxes, maybe something like that, if she was in the twenty five percent bracket. So how would she withhold that? So you just take a look at your paycheck, and you want to make sure that you withhold an additional five thousand dollars or pay next year. Yeah, pay next e- year. Either that, or if you haven't done it yet, which we're telling you not to, but if you're going to do it anyway, with you can have it withheld right from the the distribution from the Roth. And does the ten ninety nine I receive bump my income up for this test? All right. So the ten ninety nine. What? All right. The ten ninety nine is a tax form that shows the income. So yes, of course that would increase your income. Yeah, and then what? We but just, is it for this year? Or next year? I mean, what you pay the tax the following year you pay yeah for the 
this last year that you were in. So yeah, you'll get a 1099 that will show $14,000 of extra income because the $10,000 is not, original $10,000 is not taxable because it was a contribution. Got it. So I think, I think we sort of got it. Sure. Don't do it. <laughs> That's the main right? answer. Don't do it. Don't take money out of a Roth IRA. <laughs> I don't know how old you are. I don't know what tax bracket you're in. And, I'm, and I don't know anything about you. But you got 24000 bucks in a Roth. That's amazing. That money is going to continue to grow tax-free for you. And if this is your first time home, I'm guessing you're probably younger than 50. Right. I, I, you know, that's, I guess that's an assumption. Sure. Um, stereotype or something. That's a reasonable assumption. I, you know, probably, in, I bet he or she, right? So she, he or she. He or she, doesn't say? No. Uh, in their 30s, that's my guess. That, yeah, right? And you got twenty five grand in a Roth? That's amazing, right? Do you got your calculator? $25,000 over 30 years at 7%, that would double, right? Three times. Yeah, it would. It 25 would, to 50, then be, 50 to 100, then 100 yeah. to 200. I mean, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, now you're looking at several hundred thousand dollars by the time you retire tax-free. Tax tax-free. Don't do it. Right? Don't do it. All right. Yep. Anyway. Okay, I'm with you. All right. Here's, um, let's see. Will I be taxed if I don't touch the funds in a transferred IRA account? Hmm. All right. Here's the email, Al. Okay. All right. Well, we're running on the clock here. So. Well, well, we'll tease it for next segment. Okay. My former employer is closing their stock fund, part of my 401k, and also I have employee stock ownership plan shares. They're doing this to prepare for the company split into two. The company is forcing us to do something with the money. Option one includes moving the stock fund shares to another existing plan fund. Option two is to take the distribution of the entire balance under the plan as a rollover into an IRA. We can receive the stock fund balance as assets in kind or cash from liquidation stock fund balance. Well, I guess in 30 seconds or less, if it's just going into another plan or into an IRA, there is no tax on those accounts. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and I've seen cases like this where companies are going through a restructuring and, or a buyout or something like that. And usually you have one or two, you have a couple or three options, and you really have to look at the numbers to figure out what's going to be the best. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Right. And I mean, it's up to the plain document, too. Most companies, it's a smaller company, right? They have their own plan document. So you have to take a look at the plan document to see how they drafted it and what type of fund is it, you know. So there's a lot more to that. But if it's going directly from a 401k to an IRA, Right, so then, yeah, you, you don't have to pay taxes on it. Or if it goes from Agreed. another qualified plan to another qualified plan, uh, those are always tax-free uh, transactions. Unless you blow them up, um, where you take you know ownership of it, there could be a 20% automatic withholding of taxes. Sure. Yeah. And if you don't get that 20% inside an IRA within 60 days, then that would be counted as a distribution. Yeah, you're And if right. you're under 59 and a half, it would be taxed as well. Um, hey, it, we're, we're going to come right back um, and answer more of your questions. If you want more help with anything, you can always go to our website at purefinancial.com. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He is a CPA. Uh, go to our website, folks, uh, purefinancial.com. A lot of cool things coming up here. Uh, we have a now monthly standing lunch and learn. It's called Road to Retirement, uh, where we'll feed you a sandwich and sit down for an hour and introductory to um, really financial planning, all the different key areas that you have to look at. And we go um, into some specific strategies when it comes to taxes, Social Security, investments. How do you create the income? It's only an hour long. 
Um, and then we give you a sandwich. It's at our office um, in Mission Valley. Uh, we're also doing um, some in Orange County starting this month as well. So if you're in Irvine area or San Diego, uh, go to our website at purefinancial.com um, and just look for um, our Road to Retirement. It's a lunch and learn. We'll give you a free lunch um, and you can sit down with us. And uh, so usually, I don't know, there's 20 people, 20, 30, 20. I think we limit it to 20 people. I think that's what the rule is. I think so. Okay. 20 people, that's right. it. Then okay. we cut it off. So uh, we've got great webinars coming up as well. I'm doing one on um, using your home equity. we got one on Medicare. We have one on taxes. We have one. I think um, I just got noticed that they want me to do one on uh, the political environment, what to do with your money with this upcoming election. I think I might do that next week. Oh, nice. Okay, um, so, Al, have you joined me on that? Yes, love to. Um, so there's a lot of cool things. So go to our website at purefinancial.com, purefinancial.com, and go to the Learning Center. And you can always um, check out old episodes of us. And we're doing um, – so we're on a little hiatus from the TV show? Well, we are. We're well, on... see, we, 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 we're like – Al, like, wanted it to be, like – like a normal yeah I want to I want to I want to record uh, I want to do shows half the year and then do reruns like every other show it's <laughs> <laughs> like well you know when I watch friends friends has reruns yeah why, I was like why, yeah because it's been off the air for 10 years why can't we have reruns <laughs> anyway we are gonna do a special show though uh, for right after the election so stay tuned for that <sighs> yeah 6:30 a.m channel 8 here in San Diego yeah. interestingly enough we're uh, we're usually pretty highly rated aren't we interesting interesting enough. yeah I'm, I'm very confident that we were going to be top <laughs> top billing well we're going two two guys doing a financial show against a new show and we still beat them really i yeah. thought it was against like the shamwall guy what? Just, you know, well yeah <laughs> certainly we beat we sometimes beat that guy <laughs> selling um george foreman's barbecue <laughs> yeah, yeah, george. we don't do as well when he's on <laughs> yeah george kills us <laughs> oh boy Okay, Aaron, I got a couple more questions for you, Alan. Okay, what do you got? Hey, uh, there's this one comes in, and then he's asking, what are the pros and cons of investing before or after tax dollars into a 401k? Okay. What do you think? What's the question? That's that the is question. the question. Oh. <laughs> Usually you give me the heading. Oh, the heading is, should I be investing in my 401k? Okay. Pros and cons of before and after tax money. Well, I think we can just, I think everyone knows the benefits of saving money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. let's talk about before and after tax. Should okay. I go after tax or before tax in the 401k plan? Okay. And so by uh, by after tax, I assume that means a Roth option or hopefully would be, right? Or not. I or mean, not. It, it right? still maybe doesn't. We'll, maybe we'll talk about that too. So right off the bat, I'll start with the, uh, the pre-tax. And that's, I think, the one that everyone kind of understands. So you have a certain amount of your paycheck withheld, maybe 5% of your salary, 10% of your salary, whatever. And that comes directly out of your gross pay. And you don't pay taxes on that. It goes directly into your 401k. And then when you get your W-2 at year end, maybe your salary was $100,000, but maybe you had $10,000 going into the 401k. So on your W-2, it says you're taxed on 90000 So you get a tax deduction. And that can be pretty useful when you're in high brackets. And this would be if you are further along in your career and making a good salary, or maybe you're married, husband and wife are making a good salary, that probably would be a good way to go. So that would be the pre-tax. Definite benefits there. The downside, though, is when you get to retirement, at age 70 and a half, you have to take a required minimum distribution. And so there's a certain amount that you got to take out of that account each and every year, and it's fully taxable because you never pay taxes All right, on let it. me ask you this. You're, this is, I have such a hard time with this. 
because I know how people save mm-hmm. real life. I'm going to ask you a question. I want an, an honest, honest answer, answer from Honest Abe here. Okay. If you could go back in time, right? Okay, and let's say that you had a Roth option in your 401k. Yes. And I don't care how much money you made. If you made the, the same income throughout, sure. right? Fairly high tax bracket earner you are, Mr. Clopine. Oh, you think so? Would you go to <laughs> the Roth option or would you go to the 401k option? Or would you still look at, if you could go back in time, I'm saying, you know, you, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put you in a capsule. Okay. Now you're 25 years ago. Okay. And then you're in this employer and they say, Big Al, here, we have this Roth option where you can put after tax, all the money grows tax free, or you can take a tax deduction today. What would you do today knowing, right, your balance in your 401k plan? Yeah, I, I actually, honest Dave, I would have, I would have at least done some. So you would have probably split it. I would have split it. Yeah, because uh, assuming I was making a good salary way back when, I would have wanted the tax deduction. But I would certainly now, especially as I'm now myself getting close to retirement in my 50s, um, even though they're late 50s, I'm hanging (laughs) on. (laughs) I like to say that. I'm in my 50s. (laughs) Could be 51 or 59. I don't know. Yeah, you figure it out. Whatever. yeah, now that I'm closer to uh, retirement, man, I would have, I would love to have some money in tax free. Right, because it's the tax deduction that you would have got would have saved you. I don't know what five grand. Right. Let's say right. You probably spent five grand on other things that you have no idea what you spent on, but now you have all this money tax free. I don't know. I just I know the numbers. I'm a yeah. very math oriented person. Right, but you have to put the behavior behind it too, don't you? Well, you do, and because no one saves the tax deduction. Right. Because all right, I put the money in the four hundred one k. I got this great tax deduction, right? But what do I do with the tax deduction? I spend it. Yeah. So that's that's a really, really, really good point. So let's say, for example, if you save the tax deduction, then you're way ahead of the game. Th- that's right. Right. So so let's say you do the Roth option and you do on your four hundred one k. So that's after tax money. So you, you in other words, you don't get a tax deduction. It all goes in. And if you're under fifty, you can put as much as eighteen thousand bucks in. So let's say you do that, right? So you didn't get a tax deduction, and so therefore your take home pay wasn't as high because you didn't get a tax deduction but the way we are we all seem to work or mostly most of us is whatever we have in our net pay is what we We end up spending right and so if we if we were disciplined enough and that's what you're saying joe to save that tax savings and invest it we probably come out ahead because we're in a high tax bracket but most of us don't do that most of us don't do that at all and we end up just spending whatever we have now when we get our 401k when we retire it's all taxable yeah it's like okay well so here, I, 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 I got the deduction yeah. but I spent it anyway on whatever that you know some some random thing that no one really knows and if I ask our listeners now right now if I had a, a you know a million dollars in a 401k or eight hundred thousand dollars in a Roth you know which one would you rather have? Yeah, I would rather have the Roth for sure. For sure, eight hundred. I mean, but it's like, well, well, a million dollars. A million dollars grows faster than eight hundred thousand. That's the engineer. I know you're driving. I know you hear me. Right. <laughs> Much rather have the million dollars than eight hundred because a million dollars compounded on a million, right? Right. Five percent compounded on a million is a lot more than five percent compounded on eight hundred. Yeah, but you're only compounding your tax problem. Yeah, you are. Yeah, let's say that million bucks. Uh, it it grows to a couple million in in, in ten years or so. You know, and let's say you're in a thirty percent tax bracket, right? So you can you can spend one point four million, but let's say your your Roth eight hundred thousand doubles, 
Now it's 1.6. It didn't go as much, but it's all tax-free. And Joe, this is so important because taxes don't stop when your paycheck does. Because honestly, when you start tapping your retirement nest egg, it comes with all sorts of new rules, opportunities, but also detrimental things like paying taxes. And if you haven't thought this out, you're probably going to be paying a lot more taxes than you thought. As you near retirement, tax planning becomes more important than ever. But honestly, you must have a forward-thinking tax strategy because you really do have more control over paying taxes in retirement more than you think, probably more than any other time in your life. All right, we got to take another break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. Um, I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Kulpine. He's a CPA. Uh, taking your email questions, wrapping this show up today. <sighs> mm. Got another good one? Yeah, not really, but let's go with it anyway. Okay. Well, they're all good. They're all There's good. There's no stupid questions, Alan. Just okay. stupid answers. <laughs> Just, We're pretty good at the latter. We got it nailed. Um, here's this. What should I do with my portion of my ex-husband's IRA? Okay. I am 74 years old and recently divorced. Okay. You know, the highest uh, rate of divorce sees right now are couples in their 60s yes, and 70s. Yes, yeah, because they spend more time together. That's right, huh? yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear about the bullying cowgirl? No. Never mind. No. no. That's a joke my <laughs> grandfather used to tell. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to say it? Well, no, she's having trouble keeping her calves together. Oh. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Minnesota joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm 74 years old and recently divorced. Okay. I feel like I'm, I've said that. Yes. I received $20,000 on my ex-husband's IRA. Hmm, no wonder why she divorced him. That's all he had? <laughs> Life insurance companies are trying to get me to use the money on an annuity. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I will be able to take advantage of the annuity's full return. If I take the cash now, however, the money will be taxed at 25%. What are my best options? So it's it's in an IRA there, right? Yes, sir. So why doesn't she just leave it in an IRA? Because she thinks she that thinks she has to she, do something. She thinks she it. has to take it out, right? Correct. She thinks she has to. I'm glad that she wrote in to Investopedia. Right. Right. Because here's the problem. She received $20,000 of her ex-husband's IRA. So it's in an individual retirement account. They were married, probably a quadro or something like that. Now mm-hmm. it's, she's got this IRA of 20000 bucks, And so this life insurance company, right, the life insurance agent comes, oh, I'm sorry about your divorce. Oh, I heard you got the $20,000. There's a great product I want to tell you that you should go into. It's called an annuity. And so she's conf- like thinking, hey, wait a minute, maybe this is not a great deal. Um, but if I don't do the annuity, I'm going to have to pay 25% in tax. Right. That's really kind of what her question is, right? Yeah, that is a question. So no, you could transfer that IRA to a, a, any custodian of your choosing. Right. Do you want to go like to the bank and buy a CD? You want to go to a mutual fund company and buy a mutual fund? So it's still in an IRA and, and the quadro, it actually puts it in your name. Right. Correct. Right. So, mm-hmm. in other words, a divorce. There's, there's, uh, when the assets are split, and there's like a retirement plan in one of the spouse's name. This quadro then allows it to be split so that the other spouse can have some of that that 
401k, IRA. So then it just gets put in their name. So then this $20,000 can be rolled into any other IRA in this lady's name. She can invest it any way that she wants. Any way you want. You don't necessarily want to buy an annuity. Well, it sounds like she doesn't. Yeah. She's like, I don't know, right? She's like, um, I'm not sure if I'll be able to take advantage of the annuity's full return. I don't know what that means, right? I don't know. I don't know what type of an annuity it is. Sure. But if you're 76, she's thinking, all right, well, Well, she's probably here. thinking, I got to wait 10 Maybe years it's an immediate to... annuity or something like that, maybe, and if she but, passes... But maybe not. Maybe she's got to wait. Yeah, right. Maybe it's a variable annuity. Equity with, index annuity. Right, and, or it could right. be all, all sorts of different things. Sure. But no, you don't have to go into the annuity. Maybe the IRA with the husband was already at the insurance company. Right. Right? And so she was like, wait, what do I do with this? And they're like, here, buy this other annuity. Mm-hmm. So... No, you can transfer it out. It's just a, a custodial trustee-to-trustee transfer of the IRA, individual retirement account. Yeah. There's no taxes to pay there. Right. So it's uh, it, it goes from one IRA to another IRA. So, yeah, there is no taxes. It's still inside of an IRA. Right. So you're good. All right. I am, um, I am 51 years old and finally in a job which offers a 401k option. I have two children in college, two in high school. In carrying my own substantial college loan that I'm now paying off, amongst other credit card and medical bills, would it be beneficial for me to have money put into a 401k? Or should I continue to focus on paying off my medical bills and lowering the credit cards um, and then begin a retirement fund? Wow. What do you think? There's a lot there, huh? This is a common question, too. It's like, okay, well, here, I'm jammed up, loaded with debt. Now I'm 50. I got kids, right? I got a couple in college, a couple in high school. I'm still trying to pay off my student loans. And you know what? I got some medical bills to boot. Right, right. I got a 401k plan. I haven't started saving for 401k. So do I bury down the debt, pay all that off? And then once that's done, then that's when I start saving for my retirement. Yeah, and it's interesting. There's different opinions. If you listen to Dave Ramsey, he would tell you to pay off your debt first. Well, Dave Ramsey's in. As quickly as you can before you do anything else. I'm, I I actually like a lot of what he says, Joe, but I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think I think what happened now, you're 51 years old and, and you just finally have an ability to save in a 401k. I think you want to start that. I think you want to have the kids realize that, you know what, it's it's their responsibility to pay for their own college and start thinking that way. And then with uh, with whatever you can scrape together, you got to start paying off these other bills too. I think you got to. I think you have to. You, you do. In my opinion. You want to put money to the four hundred one k. Certainly, you certainly want to focus on your own bills. But then it's like, you know what? This you raised the kids. You you did a great job. But they're going to have to pay for their own college. Right. It's just I, the way it comes down. I to I mean, it. I think you look at it. If, all right. So you got a four hundred one k plan now. Does that four hundred one k have a match? Of course, you go to the four hundred one k with a match without question. All right. And then you chip away at the other bills. But I think here's what happens, what I've seen, is that, all right, let me solely focus on, um, and then he's gotta build uh, a cash reserve too. Sure. Right. Because if I just solely focus on the debt and put every last penny that I have to the debt, okay, well, what happens the next time an issue arises? You're going right back in debt. You sure. don't have any liquid capital. Sure. So you gotta look. You gotta have a game plan here to say, hey, I need some cash reserves to make sure that I don't run into this issue again. All right. I definitely need to look for the future, or else you're going to consistently live hand to mouth, which I don't think you want to do. Right. So you're 50. You still got 20 years, right? According to Al's article, everyone's living, working in their 70s. Yeah, because it's pros and cons. Pros and cons. That was a great one. <laughs> if you missed that, go to our podcast. Um, 
Right, but you, you, you have to do both. You can't just, I think, this is just my opinion yeah, too. Yeah, and, and I completely... And I guess you got to look at the interest rates and things like that, but um, the, mathematically speaking, it's like, all right, well, here, I'm paying out a credit card at 17% versus saving into my 401k plan. Well, if that 401k plan has a mu- match, I have a 100% rate of return. Right. So I definitely want to do that. If I don't have a match, I still want to save for retirement. I don't want to ignore it. I Because do it's the compounding of money in the longer... You give that money to compound, the more you're going to have. Because so the sooner you start, the better. Because if you got medical bills, if you've got student loan, and I don't know what the levels are, but it could take years to pay it off, and then you're 60 and you still don't have anything in retirement, It's I, I, I would completely agree with you, Joe. I think at least you want to go to the match, and maybe even then some. But you, it's, you can't really answer the question well without knowing the facts, which we don't know. So we're just kind of talking generally. But I, I think, you know what, I think if you're in your 20s, and you got student loan debt, I'm all over that focus. Just pay that thing off as fast as you can. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. But, you know, 51, you haven't saved for retirement. you, you got to have a balanced approach, I think. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, now that you have the 401k plan out of sight, out of mind. Right. Um, and you got to start saving some money. People say, well, man, you know what? I can't save a dime because, well, how about if you lose your job? Right. You're forced to, you know, how, how are you going to well, live? How are you going to live then? Right. Right. So there's always ways to do it. It's just putting different things through the asset test. So, uh, hey, check purefinancial.com out. A uh, little shameless plug there for our company because we have a lot of really cool things going on. If I do say so myself, we're a fee-only registered investment advisors. Offices in L.A., um, Irvine, and here, of course, in San Diego. Uh, we employ certified financial planners, CPAs, chartered financial analysts, MBAs, PhDs, uh, trying to be on the forefront of financial planning advice. Uh, we are truly um, a financial planning firm first, uh, but of course we do manage um, client assets as well. So check us out online, purefinancial.com. Next week, we got another fun-filled show, Al. I can't wait. Every single week, it's like, it's great time sitting here with you on a Saturday morning. Dread. In, a, in this hot box. Dread every second of it. <laughs> Oh, and uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast, um, what we do is we take the best of this show and then we turn it into a podcast. So this week is about seven minutes. (laughs) Did we get that much? (laughs) Well, there was a couple good ones, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Yeah, being 70 years old and working to 70. Good stuff. That's a great story. All right, that's it for us. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. We'll see you next week. Uh, For Big Al Clopine, I'm Joe Anderson. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth.